1: Welcome to Webcology. We are live in Chicago at Search Engine Strategies 2007. It's uh, Thursday, December the 6th or 7th. You lose tra- or track of this stuff. The 5th. And you know what? It's <laughs> Wednesday. Um, but you know what? We're on convention time. We're on the adrenaline that comes from being at a major search convention. This is uh, and sleep deprivation and the, uh, the fruits of our labors of last night. But then again, this is an SES convention, and that's what happens um it's been a fun show it's been a small intimate show i'm here with uh dave davies from beanstalk inc this is jim hedger from metamen.com um dave we've got a hell of a show today
2: we do this is just a an awesome lineup uh we're gonna have to pretty much get right to it i mean we have got uh yeah like so many guests and uh and tight time so if it's all right with you we can just uh just launch straight in here with our with our first guest here um we have barbara call web mama uh, joining Hi. us today um, you and I were talking a little bit uh, you know right before the uh, the show started here and you had some ideas that you thought uh, might be of interest to our listeners regarding the uniqueness uh, of your your business model and and what kind of differentiates it from some of the other players that are that are here at the convention what can you tell us about that
3: well I think even though um, I've been in the industry for 10 years, uh... i am not when i started in the industry i was a consultant and i think that's pretty typical of a lot of people still in the search market search marketing world they're coming in as uh... Independents and wondering a lot about how to grow a company um, there's a couple of ways to do it of course you can become a, a ceo of a very large company because the opportunities in search marketing are huge Uh, You can create intellectual property with that company as well. But there's another way to do it, and this is the way that uh, Webmama.com has done it, is I've actually stayed as a one-employee company. Uh, I have five or six major clients. I have a bevy of subcontractors who are the best in the world. I pick and choose who's going to work on those clients, and I'm a $4 million company. So I think it's really important to show that you don't have to become this uh, hotshot CEO who's got this humongous uh, responsibility that gives you a lot of stress. It's not that, you don't, ag- you don't have to go that route.
1: Well, Barbara, you may, be, you may have been a one-person operation for a long time, but you've been known to take on some stressful assignments in the past. Um, you were the one of the founding members and the first president of Sempo. It's been, what, a year and a half, two years since you left that position?
3: A uh, little longer than that now. So we founded Sempo, which is the search marketing professional organization, which is, uh, was set up to be a non-profit industry association primarily based on education. Uh, for search marketing. They, the idea, and I came at it from a very passionate point of view and, and stuck around as chairman and president for two years. So 2003, 4, 5, Dana was president for two years, and now we've got our third president, which is kind of neat. And they, uh, uh, I was the controversial one. I'm the one who went in and with a steamroller and said, we need to grow up in this industry. I uh, Very much, with a lot of support of people like Danny Sullivan and, and the Search Engine Strategies organization here as well, uh, we were just a bunch of kids. And in order to get to the next stage, we needed to mature. So I'm the one that comes out and says, you know, we need to get pro- professional. We need to dress up a little bit more. Uh, we need to be able to play with the big guys who have all the online marketing budgets and the bu- marketing themselves. So that's kind of where it came from.
2: Now, how do you think that has gone? I mean, that's a, that's a very good point and, and definitely a necessary step. Um, but as, as you look around, and, you know, I mean, maybe the, the convention floor is in the right place because we're basically all told. Yes, dress to dress nice. up. Yes, um, but you know, you see, uh, as, you know, the rock stars of our industry walking around in in yellow pumas. How do you think that's actually gone?
3: Well, I actually don't think that the rock stars are walking around in yellow pumas, pumas running shoes anymore. I think that uh, what's happened is that if you're going to pitch millions of dollars of spending uh, on a yearly budget for search marketing, you've got to be able to sell yourself and gain some respect, and you're not going to gain respect walking in Tivas, because, uh, you know, some of the campaigns that I manage, even if it's the search optimization world, which is where the classic set of um, in-the-back-room kind of people uh, are set. I mean, I work for Hewlett-Packard on search engine optimization contracts that employ three people full-time in my company. Employ is an interesting word. I have three subcontractors who work full-time on a Hewlett-Packard project for optimization. They're not hackers, these are people who truly understand business strategy because in order to do search engine marketing these days, you've got to understand the marketing strategy of the company that you're working for.
2: Now, do you think, uh, and very good points, now do you think that it's a, it's a little bit like you know the hippies now driving the Beamers that we've grown up and, and gotten responsible, or is there a new blood involved in the industry?
3: That's very good. That's very good because, of course, I'm 10 years older. And uh, there's only three women in this industry older than me, by the way, and I'm not going to name them, but they all know who they are. Uh, there's a lot of guys, but there's only three women. I'm not going to tell Jim. He's dying now to know. No. <laughs> but yes, of course, I mean, obviously I'm in my mid-40s, so I'm a lot older than I was when I uh, got involved in search marketing. Uh, it used to be that I was uh, mentoring you know, young women and men who were in their early 20s into this business, and most of them are 30 now. So, yes, there's a change in the average age of people who do search marketing. So, yes, we do grow up, and we have been growing up, but I don't think that's just it. I think it's the money we're playing with more uh, uh, that has a lot to do with it.
1: Well, the industry's growing up, and the money has certainly gotten sweeter over time. There's a lot more of it on the table, and there's a lot more business on the table. Has the attitude of the practitioners matured with the industry?
3: I think we're leaving the ones behind that haven't. Uh, I think it's very clear that there's a consolidation um, of the big players in the industry. I think that the independent consultants that are doing very well are not link baiting out there and um, creating millions of pages that are spam. I think we still have that going on, and it's extremely unfortunate because it only takes away from the talent and quality that we have in the rest of the industry. Can you tell I'm a little passionate about this?
1: You sound a little passionate about it. I just want those people
3: to go away.
1: So, (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> what does the industry, what is the, Barbara, what the industry have to do to get mainstream recognition, to get onto Madison Avenue, and, and not that the way they are now, we are now, but right into Madison Avenue as an important concern?
3: Well, I'm giving a talk in an hour about um, selling up to the CMO level, selling search. And I don't think that you can sell to that level or play with that level unless you understand that search is just a part of just a part of internet marketing. So so a search is a piece of internet marketing. You can't walk into a CMO and say, you don't need to do anything but search. You do that, you're showing your um, your narrow focus and your narrow point of view. Uh, you need to expand yourself, you need to educate yourself on a broader level so that you can play with the guys that have been doing this for, you know, decades.
1: Well, Barbara, thank you very, very much. This is Barbara Cole, webmama.com. That's W-E-B-M-A... MA.com Incorporated. Uh Barbara, thank you so much for being on Webcology. We're moving right along. Next up, we have Becky. Oh, next up we have Becky Ryan from Trillion.
2: Come on down.
1: Becky, welcome welcome to Webcology on Webmaster fm How you doing? How's the show going for you, huh? Hey
4: Jim. I absolutely love this show. It's beautiful outside. The people here are great. There's people coming all around from all over the world come see us
1: well s- slow down california girl you say it's beautiful outside oh
4: all
3: it's, that it's white freezing
4: stuff. outside it's snowing it's, it's awful out there it kept us in here though
1: it's, she's got a point <laughs> she's got a point and it keeps us in the bars and it keeps us warm she's definitely got a point so how's the show going for trillion
4: fantastic and our booth layout is better than i guess last year oh our booth level is a lot closer than last year <laughs>
1: Do you think this is a uh, slightly smaller show than it was last year? The trade show feels a bit smaller.
4: It does. And I noticed that um, the back area right here behind us, wasn't that another?
1: uh, I think we had easily another 20 or 30 feet last year.
4: Okay. But this is really nice. We have top-name companies all over. They're wheeling and dealing all over the floor. I feel that the people that have come on out, went through the cold, are here to do business.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it feels like many of the, the practitioners, the, the, the SEO rock stars, they, they ended up down in Las Vegas at PubCon. I hate of each
4: and every one of them.
1: Oh, I love them and miss them personally. but um, And I wish I was in that damn poker tournament tonight. Oh, my goodness.
4: Stop that.
1: Oh, it's awful, this isn't is it? Well, you know what? We can do that here. I don't know why we just don't do that here. I mean, We've got a pizza party happening tonight. Hey,
4: Monica has a table. Hey, we should win. Let's talk to the guy. He's coming up next.
1: You got a point. <laughs> Moniker has a, has a poker table that they're giving away. All you have to do is give them a business card, and we have thousands of them here. <laughs>
4: one, per one per customer, and I have how many cards? Let's just change our name.
1: Or one per listener. One per listener to Webmaster Radio.
4: We'll do a proxy business card. Everybody go on over to Moniker, and also stop by at Trillion and drop your cards off for our new iPhone. <laughs>
1: Seriously, Beck, we only have a couple of, a couple of seconds left okay. in, the, in the segment. What impressions are you walking away from uh, SES Chicago 07?
4: Okay, the biggest difference I have found here is that people are looking more at the analytics than they ever had before. I found more ad agencies earlier. I found more people talking more about, like, DMA issues, email marketing. They're not. They're going PPC, and they're going um, organic search.
1: Well, Becky Ryan from Trillion, thank you so much I for being on the huge <laughs> hugs <laughs> to you, sweetie. Uh, rolling right along, we have Chris Liggett from moniker.com. dot um, Now this is the, this is a really cool time to have Chris on because um, as as listeners might know, um, there's a, there's another uh, show, another convention running concurrently in Las Vegas. Um, Brett Tabke's uh, Webmaster World PubCon's happening in Vegas, and Moniker's down there holding one of their domain auctions. Um, That's correct. Chris, what's Moniker? What's a domain auction? What are you guys doing?
5: Moniker is a domain asset management company, which is a registrar with benefits. Um, We're running the domain auction. We've run several domain auctions at various shows, but we're running this one from 3 to, I think it's 5, Pacific Standard Time. There's also a silent auction that's going to be running. People can go to the Moniker website, sign up for the silent auction,
1: So when, uh, that's about 40 minutes, Webmaster Radio is going to start running live stream of the auction. That's correct. What are the listeners going to be hearing?
5: They're going to be hearing a number of people bidding on domain names that, some are premium, some are just very functional domain names, but all the domain names have significant value and have significant traffic, be able to help the clients uh, increase their business, which is what everybody wants.
1: Now, I remember you guys held a uh, domain auction, I think it was back in March or April in New York. You... I know you sold over $9, $10 million worth That's of domains, correct. but the thing that stunned me was how many domains got pulled back from the auction block because the bid price wasn't reached. How often does that happen?
5: That actually happens quite a bit. We, we allow our clients to set up a reserve amount so that when they, when they put a name in for the auction, they can set a reserve where it's the minimum cost, the minimum price that it will go for, and that allows for the client to get what amount they want for the, for the domain name. By pulling it back, it means that it's off the block, but it does go into the silent auction, so it is still able to be bid upon.
1: Okay, so listeners who 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 are are tuned into WebmasterRadio.fm right now, or folks who are listening to the podcast, um, the the domain auctions are also podcast across Webmaster Radio. They're held in archive forever and ever. And you you, you you seriously, you've got to listen to one of these events to absolutely get a sense of these are words.com going for. Hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars. That's correct. That's it, correct. It's a, have you, the auctions themselves are amazingly exciting.
5: Yes, they are. They're, they're incredibly exciting. And even if you're just listening to it, you, it's it's an exciting thing just to listen to after the fact from the archives that you were mentioning. But to hear it going on, it's it really. There are times that there's going to be dead, but there's also times that it's going to be extremely action-packed. It's a very exciting experience.
1: Well, Much like, uh, much like coming to a, a search conference or to an event somewhere, some, be- some people just can't get out of their hometowns, can't get out of their city, can't go to Vegas to go to the auction. That's true. How do, they get invo- how do they participate in the auction if they can't actually be at the event?
5: There are a number of ways they can do it. They can sign up. Unfortunately, absentee bidding has closed off. It closed off on December 3rd. But the silent auction is going to be having all the names that don't sell in the live auction are going to be available in the silent auction. Um, you can get there just by regi- by going to moniker.com, signing up for the silent auction. And you'll have access to the uh, to the silent auction names, the num- names that are in the silent auction.
2: Can you give an, uh, us an idea of some of the domains uh, that are going to be auctioned off? Or?
5: Boy, I, I I would have to call up the list, and I don't have it on file. There's there's approximately three thousand domains that'll be in the silent auction. Um, so uh, to to keep a list like that in file on my in my mind would be uh, a little bit tricky. The thing they can do is go to moniker.com, and the whole list, the entire list, is downloadable, and they can look at it right on the site.
1: Well, Chris, just to give our listeners a little sense of the excitement that, uh, that the domain auctions can generate, sure. what stands out in your mind is a domain that sold for a hell of a lot of money, and how much did it go for?
5: Well, that's, that's, uh, that's actually a good point. At the last auction that we had, we sold computer.com for $2.2 million. Oh my god! And that's, just a, that's, that's one of many we've sold, uh, greeting.com. Um, porn.com, you know, porn.com actually went for $9.5 million, so that gives you an idea of, of how much domains can go for. Uh, wallstreet.com has been on the block, and there are a number of domain names that are just available to be sold.
2: Um, I mean, you'd made nine last time. Do you yes. have any estimates for how much you're going to generate this time? I have
5: no estimates whatsoever on this. That's, that's, that's not really a fair question no. because we don't know. We never know. And the thing that's significant, thing that people need to realize is that when we started out with the traffic auction, which is primarily an auction that we make a tremendous amount of money from, but um, the, the thing about it is each auction that starts up, each of these new auctions that we're starting up, when we start up traffic, we only did half a million dollars, and it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Half a million dollars for domain names. But now, as these new ones are starting up, they're making half a million dollars and people believe, oh, it's not really as good as a traffic auction. Well, it's just starting out. This is not something that's going to die off. This is not something that's getting smaller. This is something that's going to continue to grow and people are continue, going to continue to be involved with.
1: Okay, so people are going to listen. Is it, uh, they're going to hear an auctioneer. Is it going to be like an uh, old country auctioneer where he's talking at a mile a minute and he's trying to the pump, the <laughs> pump the bids up and pump the bids up. Pump the bids up. There's a little mellower in <laughs> front of
5: It's a it's it's actually pretty fast paced. You're going to hear a little bit of the uh, the fast talk that you'll hear from from most country auctions. But it's it's very much like a, a Christie's or Sotheby's auction where you hear the auction speed up as the bids come in. But if there's not really a a, a massive amount of bidding, it'll stay slow. It, it changes pace and it's a very exciting event.
1: Okay, I guess. Um, Chris Leggett from Moniker.com um, We will thank you later for the for the loan of the poker table For our <laughs> SES Chicago Poker Tournament tonight You folks in Vegas wish you were here, I know um, But again, Chris Leggett from Moniker.com Thank you so much for being on Web Thank you for having me, it was good to be here Folks, stay tuned after our show We're, we're going on for another half hour um, Stay tuned after our show There's going to be a hell of a domain auction But right now, we have to take a quick break. We have to pay some bills for Webmaster Radio, so to pay for the suite and the poker tournament we're holding later. Thanks, Chris. And uh, Dave uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Inc.com. I'm Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com. We'll be back after these messages.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling I, Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com
1: and use coupon code LUNAR.
0: Your virtual webmaster frat house. WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Satisfied with your conversion rate? FutureNow's call-to-action seminar is landing in Orlando, Florida, January 15th at the Sheraton Safari. This seminar is led by best-selling author and conversion rate guru Brian Eisenberg. The day before, January 14th, our copywriting experts Holly Buchanan and Jeff Sexton will be instructing the persuasive online copywriting seminar. That evening, seminar attendees can attend happy hour with the experts, mingle and talk web stuff with Brian, Holly, and Jeff poolside. Attend one or both seminars. For prices and registration details, go to futurenowinc.com forward slash training. How long is
2: it going to take to get our food? Uh, excuse me. Yeah, she's not looking over here. Great service is hard to come by, whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry.
4: Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat?
2: Oh, thanks. We were beginning to think no one cared. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Order up. Welcome to Life Tips. Jennifer Mathis, the Student Loan Expert Guru.
3: When a person is repaying their student loan, if something changes, they can actually contact their student loan provider and request that it be deferred. And often, if they have a certain type of loan, the interest does not accrue during that period, and they're not making a payment.
4: This is a great thing for them because it can save them money. Tips. my
3: Tips.
0: Live broadcast Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on Web. Webmasterradio.fm.
4: Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all
6: day long.
0: Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Deaton.
1: Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com and Dave Davies from beanstalk-inc.com. And right now we're joined by Heather Doherty from hitwise.com. Hitwise is an analytics firm that's been been around for a few years, but Hitwise has gone through some pretty significant changes lately.
6: Yep, definitely. We have been adding to our suite of products. We were also acquired by Experian not too long ago, and so we're part of a larger organization. um, So we have a lot more to offer than we have in the past. So
1: So you've, you've just been acquired. Yep. You've a much, much larger organization. And yep. suddenly you have all these resources to work with. You have all this new data to work with. Yep. W-
6: what's that like? It's really good. I mean, one example is that we have been able to use an Experian segmentation called Mosaic to apply across all of our... Um, our whole internet uh, visitor database. And so we can do a lot of cool segmentation work um, using the Mosaic database to help marketers uh, better target their uh, campaigns.
2: Now you've had a, a launch today, if, yep. I, if I remember correctly. Yes. What can you tell us about that?
6: Sure. So today we've launched a lot of enhancements to our search capabilities. And so one of the enhancements that we're really excited about is um, <clears throat> the ability to analyze paid versus organic listings. So It will give our clients the ability to look at a website like Amazon and look at all the keywords that are driving traffic to Amazon and see the percentage of traffic that is paid versus um, organic clicks. And so that way, um, competitors and, you know, you can quickly look and see across your competitive base how paid search campaigns are faring. And one of the really great things about it is it's weekly data, so it's very timely and you can actually you know, make changes quickly to your campaigns because you'll know what is working and isn't working um, really, relatively quickly.
2: How much detail can you get? Like, Does it go down straight to the keyword level type detail? Um, obviously, it's engine-specific.
6: Yep, so you can look at engines and, you know, down to the search terms. So you can see that the search term Amazon, what percent of that would be paid versus organic, for example. And so that way you can really see which of the terms are most effective and make changes to your paid search campaigns. Now, when you say more
2: effective, how much detail is it giving me? Now it can tell me where they're coming from. What does it do with them after that? Is it telling me what they're doing on the site?
6: Well, it's telling you that it's driving traffic to your site. So you know which ones are actually delivering visitors to your site. And so you know that it's bringing, you know, kind of bringing the horse to the water, basically. And so you know which ones are most effective at um, bringing traffic.
2: Now, what makes this different than using a tool such as uh, any given web analytics tool Mm -hmm. um, when you're setting up your Google account, Mm -hmm. say, you know, going in, having the landing page be, you know, question mark, ENG equals Google and tracking it that way. Mm -hmm. What advantage does this have?
6: Um, What really the advantage is, so everyone knows what goes on on their own site and they know what goes on about their own campaigns. It's the competitive intelligence that really makes a difference. So you can actually look at competitive sites and see the difference. And so that way you can look across a large number of sites and do an apples-to-apples comparison for each one and, and be able to compare those.
1: Now, one of the things that, uh, that some of my clients had complained about in the past, um, their analytics gave them lots of raw numbers, gave them lots of raw data, but didn't really give them a lot of clear answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you must have, uh, Hitwise, has to have heard this complaint from, from consumers in the past. H- how have you dealt with that?
6: Sure. So, you know, one of the things that we strive for clearly is actionable advice. And so it's really being able to, take the data because there's definitely no shortage of data in the internet and there's also there is a shortage of time and resources for most people in being able to look at these types of things and so you know what we've really done is we do you know we do a lot to show our clients how to use the data we have tools to do um, gap analysis for example so you can look at your own site versus a competitor and see which keywords are performing um against for each one so if you're selling toys you can look at walmart versus toys r us and see which where the keyword is performing better for the um for each site and so you can quickly make those types of comparisons
2: now we're discussing competitor like basically looking comparing Mm -hmm. you with your competitor where are you drawing this data from to get your your competitor's statistics
6: sure so we have a panel of 10 million users in the u.s and so primarily we're collecting data from our ISP partners and then we also have an opt-in panel. And so by having this Panel of 10 million users. It really allows us to get very, very deep into the amount of search terms where they're going. So another, um, <clears throat> you know, common metrics that we also provide are what we call upstream and downstream. So where did your traffic come from before they came to your site? Where are they going after they're visiting your site? And so the size of the panel really allows us to do, you know, to do a lot more and report on a lot more um, <clears throat> things. Like search terms would be one good example.
2: Now. As a, as a potential user, why would I give my data to a company that may give it to one of my competitors?
6: Well, so it's not companies opting in. We're measuring what consumers are doing. So it's very difficult, obviously, to get that kind of buy-in across, uh, across different companies because no one really wants to hand over data to share like that. And so, yeah, this is monitoring consumer behavior. And so... You know, another thing that we're <clears throat> that we have just launched that is offers really interesting um, data and insight into consumer behavior is what we're calling fast-moving search terms. And so this is a dashboard that lets you see week-to-week changes in the search terms that come up. So, for example, this week we're seeing pops in Evel Knievel. So dead celebrities are a big one. Um, anyone from Dancing with the Stars has been pretty big. Um, the Hulk Hogan divorce is another one, another hot topic. And so, and you know, also things like Oprah's Favorite Things, you know, as soon as she does that show, you see loads of interest there. And so, that's a very, that's something that's very insightful. So, if you're a news organization, you can see what people are talking about, what are the hot stories. If you're a retailer, you can see what the hot toys are. You know, Nintendo Wii is the big one that's going on right now.
1: Hitwise is, uh, Doing analytics in the organic space. Why is it doing organic in the PPC space? Are you planning on addressing the social media, the video space, local?
6: Sure. So um, we are looking at social media. We're um, constantly looking at, you know, obviously the big ones, things like Facebook, MySpace are, you know, kind of the tip of the iceberg. And also certainly looking at, you know, for... One good example is, you know, with Wikipedia. For example, we can tell you what are all the search terms are that are coming to Wikipedia. So here's the topics that people are interested in and why they're going to that site. Um, similarly, we could do the same thing with Dig, and so you can start to see um, what are what's really going on, kind of in the in the heads of consumers right now. Certainly, video is also a big one. Um, so we're certainly measuring traffic to those websites. We've also done some custom work looking in looking at how often people are uploading videos and, and viewing videos. So certainly all those areas are things that we would want to look into.
1: Now you must see reams of data, reams and reams of data. Do you does HitWise take that take aggregate data and produce stats for the greater industry?
6: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. We definitely roll things um, aggregate <coughs> the data. Uh, that's kind of the first step that has to happen that has to be aggregated and anonymous, you know, anonymous for everyone but we certainly, we like to look at you know, what are the big broad trends that are going on and so, you know, the one thing that's been going on for quite some time is clearly the internet's becoming more and more mainstream and so, you know, recent research we've seen for comparison shopping tools, there's been huge growth in people 55 and over that are using those tools and where anyone under the age of 45 is declining and um, But what's interesting is those people are kind of the least likely to use search. And so you can see as search increases, usage of comparison shopping tools goes down. We're also seeing that um, just broadly in search... um, People are becoming more and more specific, so it's not all about one or two keyword combinations in a search phrase. It's bec- it's moving out to three, four, um, even more as people become more and more specific. And so, search marketers have to really be aware of that, and you know, really um, be a lot more focused in what terms are buying.
2: No, of course. Eh. Any statistic is only really as valuable as it's as the data it's based on. Can you give us an idea of how many users? I mean, you, you'd mentioned ISP partners, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How many users we're talking about tracking here to, to compile this data?
6: Uh, well, the panel is 10 million people. And so that's, you know, when you're looking at 10 million people, it's also, you know, we do an annual enumeration study to make sure that we are accurately representing the internet population and so you know we make sure that our panel is weighted appropriately to reflect the internet population
1: now, what's next for uh... what's next for hits wise where where do you see analytics going in the next year or two and where do you see the company going in the next year
6: well certainly you know in terms of analytics i think it's becoming increasingly important to make sure that delivering the data to your clients is as easy as it can be. No one should have to dig too deep to find what they need. Um, They should be able to quickly look at a dashboard. I think that's one of the good things that Analytics packages that people use in-house has taught them so for research as well your external research It should be as simple to use and you know, just getting that set up And so I think ease of delivery is definitely going to be key and also teaching clients how to use that data to help them make business decisions so if it's a search person that needs additional resources for their campaigns how do they make that argument? So teaching them how to make that argument to go up to management level and you know be armed with the resources that they need.
1: Well, Heather, we're down to the last minutes of the segment. Um, this is usually about the time I ask if you have any advice for any anybody in the industry, whether they're new or experienced. If what should webmasters um, and search marketers be looking at in the way of analytics this year?
6: Um, I mean, definitely. God, there's so much. There's <laughs> That's a, huge a broad question. Eh? question. <laughs> well, you got 45 seconds. <laughs> That's a broad question. I think definitely, um, looking, be, you know, looking into you know, things like vertical search and the niche where the payoff might be higher, and so certainly seeking beyond just reach. So uh, you know, we're all well aware of Google and Yahoo are great for reach, and so balancing things out between vertical and niches. Niche search as well, and so I think that that'll continue to become more and more important, particularly with social media.
1: Um, you know what? I lied. I got one more question. It's prompted another question. Are you able to track and or help track ROI with with it? Uh
6: <clears throat> we can help. We can again. We can kind of help bring them there. Um, so we, you know, for a search marketer, they'll know how much they paid for their campaigns, so they can plug that data in. So we can help them build an ROI calculation using our data and then their own internal sources. So.
1: Well, Heather Doherty from hitwise.com, congratulations on the expansion of the company. Great, um, nice. Thank you so much for spending time on Webcology today. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com, and on behalf of Dave Davies from meanstock-inc.com. Thanks for uh, hanging out on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after a few minutes
0: Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's gonna blow. Evaluation, Mr. Scott. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. For out of this world, we're hosting Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code luna Satisfied with your conversion rate? FutureNow's Call to Action Seminar is landing in Orlando, Florida. January 15th at the Sheraton Safari. This seminar is led by best-selling author and conversion rate guru, Brian Eisenberg. The day before, January 14th, our copywriting experts Holly Buchanan and Jeff Sexton will be instructing the persuasive online copywriting seminar. That evening, seminar attendees can attend Happy Hour with the Experts. Mingle and talk web stuff with Brian Hall and Jeff poolside attend one or both seminars for prices and registration details go to futurenowinc.com forward slash training
4: guys are you suffering from ED email delivery problems is your email list underperforming then let JPGmail enhance your results we've got the best in email enhancement products on the web our email delivery service will enlarge and maximize the monetization of your data JPGmail will fulfill your needs from data acquisition, management, mailing to reporting, and give you the confidence to pick up visitors, enter a URL easily, and download suppression lists to enjoy that feeling of total satisfaction. We'll give you guys the ultimate tools, and we'll show you how to use them. Email enhancement, where you need it the most. JPGmail.com
0: to 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm You're the host, Jim Hedger. And Dave Deaton.
1: Welcome back to Webcology. This is uh, Jim Hedger from MenMen.com. I'm joined by Dave Davies from beanstalk Inc. This is webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. And right now, we're at SES Chicago reporting live from the trade show floor. This is the last segment of what's turned into an hour-long version of Webcology. It's been a fun show. We've, burned, we've gone through, what, six, seven, eight guests today?
2: Sounds about right. Sounds about right.
1: And we're joined by our last guest for the segment. I think this is our last guest for the for the entire show. We're allowed to relax after this. We're joined by Gene McCubbin, 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 McCubbin from Pop Labs, company based in Houston, Texas. Um, now. I spoke with, uh, with Marie from, uh, from Pop Labs yesterday, and um, we talked about accessibility. We talked about um, you winning the Accessibility Award in Houston, fourth, fourth year in a row, incidentally. Right. So, why don't you, why don't, uh, this time, why don't we stray away from technique? And if the listeners didn't know, Mark has been described as, or I'm sorry, Gene has been described as a serial entrepreneur. Somebody who has to start new businesses, who just got to get his hands dirty, in the, or they get his hands up to his elbows in a new business. And Gene, what drives you to get so involved
7: in, 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 in starting business? Um, well, you know, my first uh, kind of professional job shortly after quitting college was uh, working at a telecom company that did an IPO. And the owners were very young. They were in their late 20s. And I just thought, you know, one of those Colombo moments hey, I think I can do this. I knew those guys pretty well, and they just weren't, they were bright, but they weren't that bright. And so uh, I thought, you know, I think I can do this entrepreneurial thing. That, in fact, I'm a really bad employee. And uh, <laughs> so what it, what it really means is I've it got this perennial unemployed thing going on. And uh, you got to slap a label on it somehow. And, you know, my wife decided entrepreneurism sounded better than unemployed. <laughs>
2: Now, obviously, this is an area you have a, a lot of experience in dealing with, with small businesses and, and startup businesses. Uh, we all know the enormous challenges involved there. Um, and now, now they're trying to go up against Goliaths, who may already be entrenched in their rankings in the SEM, SEO side of things. What advice would you give these startups? How do you address the enormous mountain that they have to climb to compete with Wikipedia for, for a first page result?
7: Um, well, so my advice is both as an entrepreneur as well as uh, Pop Labs as an agency, so it's an interactive agency, and we specialize in doing all that type of thing. Um, the advice I would say is uh, embrace nonconformity and be extremely different um, because no one's going to pay attention to you unless you're slightly different. You just don't have enough capital, um, most likely, and you probably aren't brilliant enough. So um, just be really unusual, and uh, as, as a result, uh, you'll get some attention, and then, um, you know, better start chucking and jiving. That's what, that's what
2: being an entrepreneur is all about. Now, what sort of strategy, I mean, as, as an agency who's you know, a small company, comes to Pop Labs, you know, I need help. Um, what sort of, let's, I don't know, give them an industry travel like, or, or something like that. What would you do? What sort of campaign focus or, 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 forward momentum would you set in place? Um, you know, apart from, you know, creating something a little right. unique in them, but, but as far as a campaign goes, what do you do to help these people?
7: Um, So I should tell you what makes us a little bit unique in terms of agencies is we specialize in other small to mid-sized businesses. Um, So we have a very holistic approach, and we really like to do everything for them. So our favorite customer is somebody that goes, hey, this is a really some neat stuff we'd like to figure out how to get this done but we don't want to do any of it and we don't want to know how to do any of it and so here's some money and some time and go do it all for us and that's what we do we do web design ppc seo brand management online pr social um, media the whole ball of wax for a small retainer on a monthly basis um, that's generally less than what they're gonna pay a
2: high-end full-time employee well now, they, they, as a as an organization that covers the entire thing and i i assume you have for a while now, what are some of the big changes you've seen since, say, Chicago last year versus this year? What are some of the, the major changes in the industry? What are you now having to do more? What are you able to sort of step away from?
7: Um, I th- well, currently, probably the most exciting change that we are embracing and we enjoy uh, playing with on a day-to-day basis is the whole social media aspect and brand management online. So, you know, I'm, I'm historically a marketer. I'm not really a techie. And as a, as a marketer, um, you know, I've always kind of scratched my head and wonder as I've watched, uh, you know, sites that spend a bazillions of dollars on pay-per-click and a, a lot of money, and then they just have really poor offline marketing techniques, um, poor targeting, etc. So, you know we we help them do that the nice thing about social media and some of the brand management and kind of the embracement of the web that's going on is you've got uh, other people voting on you and you really it forces you to be a better marketer it's not about tricks or techniques or you know embedding something in your code it's really about you know having value in what you're bringing to the uh, to the end user
2: so if we flash back a few years we had the the geeks those those were the SEOs sitting at their computer doing their thing What you're describing, do you think there's a a merging of uh, traditional marketing with the the geeks and and, and sort of forming a, a new sort of entity?
7: Absolutely. As Barbara mentioned, there's a lot of consolidation in the industry right now. And if you really look at who's buying who, you see a lot of uh, offline, very large ad agencies buying up these uh, interactive agencies um, because they recognize they need a digital arm and they just don't really know how to do it. Um, in fact, we just launched a whole white-label division that's specifically for uh, offline ad agencies and PR firms that want to tap into our infrastructure. We've got about 80 employees, so it gives them a chance to tap into our infrastructure and not have to build all that mess out themselves. And, and I will tell you, interestingly, when dealing with the ad firms and the PR firms in and the, and the quote-unquote real world, the offline world, they just are really slow uh, to move to this uh, direction. They're afraid it's going to cannibalize their existing revenue stream.
2: Now, we've talked about what has changed. If you had to make a prediction now, we, we meet next year, uh, Chicago, 2008, what's different then? What is the environment then that, uh, that might be a little more evolved than it is now?
7: Um, You know, I'd like to tell you I'm brilliant enough to know the answer to that, but I'm not, and it goes all the way back to the reason why I tend to be an entrepreneur, I suppose. But uh, I think if I had to guess, I think you'll continue to see consolidation from an ownership perspective, Um, and I think um, you'll continue to to see, pardon me, more of this social media development and RSS and power in the hands of the people. Um, It'll be an interesting paradigm in terms of where we live today instead of, uh, you know, the pull versus push uh, venue as it continues to push forward.
1: Well, taking a step back from technique um, and, and from where the, where the industry might be going, when you're thinking of uh, a new company, as, as um, your bio describes and as uh, Marie described yesterday, you're considered a serial entrepreneur. When you're considering a startup strategy, what are the most important key points to you?
7: Um, so I've, uh, I've had four companies, and uh, all of which have been acquired. Um, either in by a public company or in some sort of uh, roll-up type environment. Um, and uh, number one would be, am I going to have fun? Uh, to be honest with you, it's, I've got to enjoy it. It's got to be passionate. Um, number two uh, probably would be, is there a market for this thing? Um, and although I mentioned nonconformity earlier, um, is nonetheless is someone willing to pay money for it? Um, and I think I think uh, most of the techie, entrepreneurial startups that I see fail to consider how they're going to market. I mean, they're generally run by techies, um, and I love techie people. Um, I know all my employees will be hearing this, so I had to add that in there. I really love techie people. Uh, but they're, you know, they're generally run by techies, and they build you know, the greatest mousetrap ever and then forget that it has to be sold. Um, and while you know what Google does is pretty wonderful in that they don't really have to sell anything, people just come and buy it, most of us have to sell our product or service. And um, if you have a startup, it's really all about revenues. If you're not generating revenues, then you're going to starve. You better enjoy ramen soup.
1: When, uh, when considering a startup, do you try to wear all hats at the same time, or do you try to surround yourself with people who have different skill sets to, to round out?
7: Absolutely. Surround myself with a good management team. Uh, I tend to raise enough capital early on or put my own capital in where you can do that. And um, if you don't, I mean, I have weaknesses. There's no doubt about it, and everybody does. So you have to recognize your own weaknesses. I have strengths and weaknesses, and I surround myself with other people. We've got some fantastic executives on our team right now, and that's that's probably the reason why we continue to grow and thrive.
1: And uh, well, an w- another thing is your location. There's something about Southern Texas, or the the whole state of Texas right now. It's booming in tech. Why is that?
7: Um, you know, Houston is known for oil and gas, and uh, if it, like every er, other every third person you talk to is making a bazillion dollars in the oil and gas business, and technology is definitely a big uh, undercurrent within the city. You've got a lot of technology companies that support the oil and gas industry, and then you've got, you know, BMC, Compact, Bindview, um, et cetera. I mean, really large companies that have come out of that in the tech sector. It's just not considered, you know, Silicon Valley or Austin or any of these other areas, so... Uh, it doesn't get the play. Uh, all that being said, it's a big entrepreneurial community there, a lot of tech uh, involvement, um, and a lot of very bright, bright people. And quite frankly, um, we all work for quite a bit less in Houston than, than they do in Silicon Valley. Our houses are a lot more affordable out there. <laughs> the um, Aside from not really knowing how they will
1: bring their, their product or service to market, what would be one of the largest mistakes or... Uh, facets of entrepreneurialism that that many new business people overlook
7: uh they don't have enough cash to get their business started They have a great business idea and they just don't have any idea how they're really going to pay themselves in two months or three months which is extremely short-sighted and they partner up with the wrong people
1: well how, how far ahead are you looking when you're starting a business
7: um you know you need to be looking at least a year ahead it um, doesn't mean you have to have that much cash in the bank, but you need to be looking at least a year ahead to figure out what am I going to do to raise capital. Um, and again, if you can't raise cash, if you don't have your own cash and you can't raise cash, then um, you need to be thinking about finding someone who knows how to raise cash day one.
1: Now, if you were considering getting in, starting a new business again, you're 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 back at at, at day one. Pop Labs doesn't exist. In this scenario, would you get back, would you get into the search marketing business, search marketing sector again?
7: Um, You know, I'm in the services side of the sector right now um, with Pop Labs as an agency. And I would, while I enjoy the service side and we have a lot of fun, it has unique scalability challenges. Um, Our particular niche, serving small to mid sized businesses, requires scalability, but uh, I would probably get in the technology side. And, and you know and stay in the search marketing business, but have some sort of nifty widget or technology that you know miraculously reinvents the system and makes everybody rich, rich, rich. <laughs>
1: well, Pop Labs has existed for how many years now?
7: Uh, we've actually been in business six years, but under a different uh, name. I bought out all my partners about two years ago and moved into the agency model. Prior to that, we were a company called Websites. We did template development. We developed a product called uh, Visual Composer, which is a CMS management system. Sold about a quarter million licenses to it. Did about $50 in revenues on it. And uh, sold off the majority of that business. Bought out all my partners and moved into the agency model.
1: You guys were called websites.
7: W-E-B-X-I-T-E-S. I I was
1: about to ask how much you got for that domain because there's an auction coming up (laughs) in a couple of minutes.
7: No, it was websites, WebExites. I don't know. It has a porn uh, connotation sound to it, so I stopped pronouncing the X about two years into it. No doubt, no and doubt. And we didn't do any porn. We probably would have made a lot of money if we had done any porn. Well,
1: Pop Labs in, it, in this incarnation has existed for two years now.
7: About two and a half years, that's right.
1: It's thriving, it's growing, you've got a lot of satisfied customers. You, I've, you obviously
7: have a very happy staff. Thank you. Um, we, have, we have thousands of customers. Uh, we focus on the small to mid-sized business marketplace. Uh, we have a national footprint all over the U.S., and, um, and it's continuing to grow. We're more than doubling every year.
1: Well, Gene, congratulations! Um, as a serial launch, are, are, you know, are you s- are you going to be a serial entrepreneur into the future? Or are you going to stick with this? Um,
7: what you, y- you know, I think we'll probably be a part of somebody else at some point in the near future, and uh, and I'll do that for as long as they'll have me, and then someday they'll probably be sick of me, and I'll start something else.
1: Well, when you do, I'll be interested in seeing what happens. Um, I'm afraid we're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us on Web Technology. Appreciate it. That's Gene uh, Gene McCubbin from Poplabs.com. Um, friends. That's it. They're starting to tear down the trade show floor. It's going to look awful lonely around here soon. This is Jim Hedger from Metamend.com on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com. This has been Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. There's a hell of a domain auction coming up next.